welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and we are continuing on in a series on Christian marriage today. We've talked about God's design and our role as women, loving our husbands, respecting our husbands, and today we're beginning part one of a two-part teaching in the series on submission. I'm a bit excited today because my husband Doug is joining us to work through the theology of submission with us, and I'm so glad that you all finally get to meet him. So let me tell you a little bit about my husband Doug so I can give him a quick introduction here. So Doug and I have been married for over 32 years. We have two grown children, three grandchildren. My Doug owns his own manufacturing rep business for the die casting industry. He's been a teacher of God's word for many years now in the church, a mentor to many, and continues to teach me by not just his speaking truth to me as we talk about the word together, but truly by his life. My Doug lives it out, and I've said this before, but it is so true. He makes me want to be more like Jesus. So I'm thankful to have this man who I love so much with us today. I know you all will be blessed by his time with us and encouraged by his teaching today too. So welcome, Mike Douglas. Wow. I really, I'm looking forward to meeting this guy. He, he sounds like a great guy to hang out with. So thank you, my uh, my little boo-boo. I appreciate that. Or does your audience know about boo-boo? Make, no, I don't really talk about your little nicknames for me. I don't. Uh, everybody's got their little pet names. So. No, thank you, Marcy. I That was a great intro, and I, I've been looking forward to this. I, I'm really thrilled, so thank you. Well, good. I am ready to get started here, ladies. So if you're in a place to sit with your Bible handy, I always encourage you to do so. But if not, the verses will all be in the show notes, so you can go over or refer back to them when you have time also. So let's dig in. And I'm going to start by reading the text today. Mm. And we're reading from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 to 24. I'm reading out of the ESV version. So, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So mm. I'm going to pass that to you now, Doug. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I mean, that I guess that's the Christian wedding text that everybody wants their, their pastor to use for the ceremony. But uh, but after the wedding cake, no, nobody knows exactly what to do with it. And and the next thing you know, it becomes a real struggle in its in its application. So it's a it's a text that's quoted and tossed around like a yard dart, but usually it's it's so misunderstood and misapplied and creates just just a lot of unnecessary tension in the marriage. And and that's why it's just so critical for us as married couples who mm-hmm. who are followers of Jesus, his his disciples, to to grasp and to properly understand and obey its its teachings. And so. That's why I think you're, you're wise that we should attempt to understand from our, our short time together the, the theology that's embedded in this principle of submission. That is, what does God mean in his command for wives to submit to their husbands? Hmm. This text always gets caught up in people saying it contains controversial verses, especially hmm. in the teaching sure. to women here. But 
you know, as I'm reading through it, I'm reminded that Christ is my model. And as I was preparing for this podcast, I needed to go back and read through the whole book of Ephesians. And I really encourage all of you ladies to do that because in the previous chapters of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul shows us how the doctrine he's been teaching us in those previous chapters of Ephesians now becomes lived out practically in our homes. So as they say in my one of my favorite movies, The Sound of Music, let's start <laughs> at the very beginning. So honey, help us to understand what does the word submit mean in the text we just read? Yeah, Marcy, that's uh, obviously an excellent place to begin. We we need to have a clear understanding of what, what, what is being asked here of the, of the wife. The word that Paul uses here for submit or subject in some translations, it's a word that means to arrange or to place in order under something. Uh, we, we know from, from reading Paul's writings that he is really good at using military imagery and, and making his point. And in many instances, you, you'll find this word used as a military term that means to place yourself under or to rank yourself under. And so in a, in a general sense, it means that you are to rank yourself under those who have responsibility for you, uh, to, to place yourself under someone. It means to surrender your rights and willingly, and I stress that word, willingly place yourself under the authority of someone else. And if we can be specific to the application here as it relates to our marriages, it means the command here to the wife to submit is to be a voluntary response to God's will in giving up her independent rights and to willingly place herself under the God-ordained authority or head that is responsible for her, which is her own husband. And, and now earlier in Ephesians 5 verse 19, Paul has already said that as Christians, all of us are to live lives of submission because submission, it, it's a general principle of Christian living that is referred to many times and in, in, in particular in the New Testament. But one of the the sweetest examples of what biblical submission looks like is taught in Philippians 2, verses 1 through 8, where Paul says, If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So, so Paul is talking about thinking the same things, being intent on one or the same purpose. And then he goes on to give us this picture of how it is that we're going to get along so perfectly with one another. Paul continues, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. He says, we are to regard others as more important than ourselves. And he continues on, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so if I could just cut you to, to the chase. Here is the true heart of what submission is all about. It is about humility. It, it, it is being unselfish, having no pride, no self-importance, but with humility of mind, considering others, he says. And in this case, the other being your husband, considering your husband as more important than yourselves. So, so not looking out just for your own interests, but the interests of others. And and guess what? Uh, all Christians are called to have this mutual submission to one another, which means this applies to husbands as well. Uh, the, the greatest illustration of this kind of humility being lived out is Christ himself, as it continues in Philippians 2, verse 5. You are to have this mind of humble submission, which is yours in Christ Jesus, 
who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That is what it means to be submissive, to be humble, to look not just to your own needs, but the needs of others. And, and we see that in the manner in which our Lord Jesus gave up his own divine rights and willingly submitted to the Father. Mm. Doug, I love that you brought us to those verses in Philippians. And as I was reading through Ephesians, that therefore in Ephesians mm. 5, 1, it refers yeah, back to not just the previous chapters, but also the closing words in Ephesians 4, 32, where Paul tells us, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. We've been forgiven through Christ. If we have repented of our sins and put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are new creations. We are in Christ. So Christ is our example of the teaching that follows. We're to be imitators of God. How clear is that in those verses yeah, in Philippians? Right. Yep. Yeah, humility and mutual submission should be evident in the lives of those who put on the image of Christ. Mm. So as you stated, as Christians, we all submit to one another, whether we're husbands or wives or children or employees. Yeah, no, that, Mar Marcy, that, that was a great point to pick up on. That That's exactly the point, that as Christians, we all submit to each other. Everybody makes a list. All of us submit to one another. And and this really is a beautiful kind of thing that is it's really unique to the body of Christ. We, we are not to just look out for our own personal interests, but we're to also look out uh, for the interest of others. And so I, I guess to my dear married sisters, as, as it applies to you, Paul says that the wife is, is to willingly and to humbly place or rake, rank herself under her own husband. Paul, Paul simply says that every Christian wife is to submit. That, that means she is to submit to her own husband regardless of her social standing, her education, her intelligence, her spiritual maturity, her giftedness, her age, her experience, or quite frankly, any other consideration. She is to submit to her husband regardless of who she is. And and also just for clarity, this command for the wife to submit, it, it's not based on her husband's intelligence or his character or his attitude or his spiritual condition or, or really any other consideration or excuse. Paul simply says unconditionally to all believing wives, submit to your own husbands. Now, this is not a command for the wife to obey her husband like a, a child is supposed to obey their parents or a bondservant is to obey their earthly masters as it's discussed. I think it's Ephesians 6, 1, 6, 5. Uh, and, and I think, Marcy, at, at some time, I think you're going to spend some more time talking about that in detail. But uh, because because if, if that's what the husband believes and, and he's ordering his wife around and, and treating her in any other way than an equal, uh, then, then really that, that husband... He, he is in sin. Uh, a husband is to, to never treat his wife as a child or like a servant, but he is to treat his wife as, as an equal for whom God has given him care and responsibility for her provision and, and for her protection. A wife is not to be taken advantage of. She is to be taken care of. And, and I just want to stress that. Uh, again, a wife is not to be taken advantage of. She is to be taken care of. Now, I, I mean this when I, I say this. That, that my wife, my, my Marcy, I, I look at her, I look at her as a treasure. I, I love her. I see her as a gift to me 
And a husband should see their own wives as such. And a husband should have great joy and devotion in loving and nurturing and protecting his wife. Hmm. I am very spoiled here because you do take good care of me and you do have a great love for me. And I, I want to interject here in case we have any husbands out there listening or men. I know this is a podcast for women, but I never know who's listening in. And just the reality, when you're loving your wife as my Doug just described, which is really as Christ loved the church. And I get it. We talk, we are not going to do this perfectly on this yeah, earth. No we're, yes, we're not going to get this 100% any day. But your wife is going to have a much easier time submitting to you. And ladies, to turn the tables, no different when you're doing a, a job of, you know, to the best of your ability, equipped by the spirit of respecting your husband and loving him, it's just going to, it's just going to, things are going to go easier for you. And my Doug is an easy man to submit to. And that doesn't mean I get it right all the time. And I don't really think you want to comment uh, on that. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, we, we could make some jokes, but. But really, who who does get it right all the time? It just it's just not possible. But but when this is being lived out and followed, and and, and we're really we're, we're looking out for each other's best interests under a, a mutual love for Christ and submission to Him and into one another, and we are truly committed to the marriage covenant, then 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 it really this becomes a beautiful picture, and there there is a drawing of t- together that that will begin to take place in this unique bond between a husband and a wife, and. That, that's why Paul does not tell the wife to obey her husband like children obey parents because the, the relationship between a husband and a wife, it, it's an intimate one. The, the two have become one flesh and, and that is why wives are specifically called to submit to your own husbands, not, not to every man, but to her own husband. Husbands and wives belong to each other in absolute equality. They, they equally possess and belong to each other. So, I guess, girl, if I could just summarize your first question, what what does this word sub- submit mean in our text? What is being asked of you, the wife? I would just simply say, as a wife, you are being commanded to willingly rank or place yourself under the authority of your husband. Hmm. You know, the reality is, though, there are difficult relationships out there, and not everyone goes smoothly through this and truly even in the good relationships there's just days that we may not feel like our husband deserves to be an authority over us and basically i'm saying doug that there's going to be days and moments where we just don't want to submit so how do we do this so are you are you asking from experience no what? just i'm just a general question there okay. nothing yeah i wasn't thinking of anything particular there no <laughs> No, it's a great question, and I don't want to give any false expectations or, or discourage your listeners, but it's it's something that should be made clear right up front. It, it is absolutely impossible to fulfill the command in today's text to submit to your husband without first obeying the command found back in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, to be filled with the Spirit. So, so the wording and structure there is a command to continually be being kept filled with the Holy Spirit. And in this command to be filled with the Spirit, it, it applies to all Christians, and therefore it certainly applies to, to the Christian wife. That means as a wife, you must at all times be being kept filled with the Spirit in order to accomplish what the text this morning demands of you to submit to your own husbands. And Marcy, I don't know if you remember, but when, when I went through this section with our church, we took two Sundays on this subject of being filled with the Spirit, because it's, it's just that important to correctly understand this. Uh, but since we don't have that kind of time, what, what your listeners need to know 
is that this Ephesians text to be filled with the Spirit is the same as the parallel text we find in Colossians 3.9, which shows us that to be filled with the Spirit gives us the same results as letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. And so what, what I want you to understand is that to be filled with the Spirit, it, it's not some special power that you have to ask for. It's not something that another person can give you. To be filled with the Spirit is simply to allow ourselves to be so saturated and filled with the Word of God that we're in a state and a place of continual obedience, of surrendering control to the Holy Spirit. I've heard it expressed before that to be filled with the Spirit is to be moved along in our day-to-day -day life and activities and events and attitudes and conversations by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what is meant by being filled with the Spirit here in our Ephesians text. And, and listen, being, being filled with the Spirit is essential to all Christian living. And so to, to my sisters, being filled with the Spirit is essential for the Christian wife. And then when, when you look at Ephesians 5, verses 19 and 20, Paul shows us what Spirit-filled people do and how they act. In verse 19, Paul says, they speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Paul is saying Spirit-filled Christians, they can't help but worship God. Spirit-filled Christians love worshiping God, and it shows by the way they speak to one another. And then in verse 20, we see how Spirit-filled Christians' lives are marked by thankfulness. Mm -hmm. Spirit-filled Christians are grateful to God for, for who He is and what He has done to them and for them. And because of how thankful they are for how God has saved them, we see in verse 21 that Spirit-filled Christians submit. They, they, they submit. Verse 21 establishes what is the most critical and important behavior of all Christians, that is all born-again men and women and children who are continually being filled with the Spirit submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Now listen, I, I think all of this goes together quite nicely. If we are meditating on the Word of God and we are letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly, then I believe a natural outcome of that is that we stand in awe of Christ. It, it, it is our desire to honor Him and to obey Him and to please Him. And if it is your desire to see that Christ is held at a most high regard, if you truly love Him, then you and I must be submissive people. That, that means we're not to be dominating or proud. Uh, submissive Christians do not live with a focus on self and their own pleasure and their own joy and their own happiness. A, a Christian who is continually being kept filled with the Spirit of God, that, that is a person who is letting the Word of Christ dwell in them richly, will be submissive in seeking the benefit of, of others. And I, I guess here, here's the bottom line. Since submission is God's idea, then it must be good for us and for others and for our marriages if we obey it. And, and so the answer to your second question on how is this accomplished? How can a wife submit to her husband? How, how in the world are you going to do this? The answer is that you can't. The answer is the power that enables a wife, or for that matter, any Christian to submit, is by continually be being filled with the Spirit by continually letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. So there, how's that for a short answer? I don't know that that was really short, but that was a very good. And I love the reminder you gave us when you said a person who's letting the Word of Christ dwell in them richly will be submissive and seeking the benefit of others. And you stated it, it's not just 
in marriage, we're talking about marriage here, I get that, but it's in all our relationships with others as believers. Mm. And that should be the desire of Christians to one another. So I'm going to throw out another controversial question that comes when people think about submission. And that's one, Doug, that are women told to submit because we're of a lesser value? Woman, get in the kitchen. Give me some vittles. <laughs> <Yes. I> just... <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my. No. Unfortunately, many people, they they believe biblical submission, that it's it's outdated and it's degrading then, and that it unnecessarily establishes classes of people. But but listen, none of this has anything to do with what Paul is teaching here in this text. This text has nothing to do with degrading people or establishing some kind of unnecessary classes. If that is going on in a marriage, then then it isn't biblical. It has nothing to do with creating differences in value or worth among individuals. And specifically, it has absolutely nothing to do with creating differences of value between husbands and wives. Biblical submission is not about making the husband of greater value than the wife. And I just, I wanna be clear on that. Biblical submission is not about making the husband of greater value than the wife. Period. God did not design biblical submission to elevate the husband to a higher value than than his wife. In fact, in Galatians 3.28, Paul puts that to bed when he says that there are no spiritual or moral distinctions among Christians. Paul says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So we should agree and we should affirm with Paul that the Bible declares clearly that there are no classes of Christians. The the cross is the great equalizer of all mankind. Every believer in Jesus Christ has exactly the same salvation. Every believer has exactly the same standing before God. Every believer has exactly the same divine nature. And every believer has exactly the same divine promises and inheritance. So there are no classes. But, but... When it comes to the matter of roles, God here has made distinctions. Although there are no differences in worth or value or or basic spiritual privilege and rights among his people, the Lord who possesses all authority has in his infinite wisdom give rulers and government certain authority over the people they rule. He has delegated authority to church leaders over their congregations, to parents he has given authority over their children, To employers, he has given authority over their employees. And from our passage this morning, he has given husbands authority over their wives. So it should be very clear that while God has placed the exact same value on individuals, he has also at the same time made distinctions within these individuals. And in the case of today's study, God has made a distinction in the roles between a husband and a wife. They are equal in value, but different and unique in their role and function. So, so wives, please don't, don't despise this and don't fear this. In, embrace and be encouraged that having these God-ordained roles, it, it's a good thing because God knows that every well-ordered society or business or home or marriage rests on the principle of authority and submission. So there, there, there must be those who exercise authority and there must also be those who submit to that authority. And the reason for that is because it is a God-given order. God is the one who has decided there shall be authority and submission, and God decides who it is to be in each of those roles. And the last I checked, 
Marriage was God's idea, and if he came up with it, then we best follow his rules for having a successful marriage. And I, I mention that because it's really important that this truth of authority and submission, it's not from man, but that it is from God. God is the one that established the wife's submission to her husband. There, there, there must be a head in the home, and there must be those who are obedient to the head. Otherwise, you're going to have disorder because you are out of God's design for maintaining order in the marriage. And from the very beginning, God has ordained headship in the home and a marriage to the husbands. So in answer to your question, does, does God want the wife to submit because she is of lesser value? The, the answer is, is no, of course not. She, she is of absolute equal value and infinite worth, but the wife does have a different role. And uh, if it's being practiced in any other way, then it's not biblical and it, it needs to stop. Mm. I know for me, I'm really thankful when you take the lead in our home. And I also know that you're good to listen and to seek my opinions and ideas on decisions we have to make. So I'm, I'm in an easy position here. And I know that this isn't the case in every home. But Doug, how do you recommend a woman respond when she's given her opinion or guidance to her husband and they differ in opinion. And I don't know whose is the better. He may have the better way or she may, but whatever it is, he's believing his way is best and choosing his way. So how does a woman respond in situations like that? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And uh, we, uh, we know that that's a hard one. And let, let's be honest, what, one of the reasons, Marcy, that it, it works in our home, quite frankly, is that because you are a woman of the word. You're, you begin your days by letting the word of Christ dwell in you, you richly. You, you are seeking my benefit before your own. And, and you know, the other, we, we also have 32 plus years of experience in seeing this worked out in our lives and decisions. But, but the core reason you can state your opinion and, and then let it go if I choose a different direction is because you believe in this concept of submission and authority and, 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 and the role that God has securely placed you in. Uh, you, you also fully grasp that when you defer to me, that you are in, in the ultimate way deferring and preferring Christ. Mm -hmm. So you, you don't look at it, uh, at least in our situation, you, you don't look at it as losing a, a fight or, or some way you're, you're coming in second just because you didn't get your way. You understand that ultimately you, in fact, are, are just as much coming in first because you are doing it the way God has instructed you to do it. Um, you know, and another reason this works in our home as, as well as it does is that in our decision-making process, I, I'm not really, I'm not out to, to belittle you uh, if we differ. I, I love, I love my Marcy girl and I, I adore her and I, I cherish her. I, I value her insight and opinion and I seek her counsel. I, I am thankful for her and I want to honor and protect her. And so my decision process has to include these facts as well, because in the end, I want to bring you. I want to bring you joy, and I want to be a spiritual benefit to you as well as we're walking through whatever decision we have to. Mm, I love that, Doug, and that is that's a blessing to me as a wife. So I'm never in fear to share my opinion with you because I know it's going to be held in high value, and you're going to. When we do differ, we're going to pray about it. If there, if it's a big thing, we're going to take time to pray and wait on it a little bit. But I know in the end, as you stated that so beautifully, and that was a hurdle for me to overcome, 
that I am trusting God. Mm-hmm. And God knows what's best for you and I. He sees the full picture that we don't. So I, it's really learning that submission to my husband is first and foremost submitting to God. And that's a truth that I pray the women will grasp from our time together well, today. How many times have we done that? You know, I have gone. You said go left and I go right. And we really should have gone left. But, you know, not one time did you come back and say, hey, Dougie, mm-hmm. I... I told you, you should have did it this way because we, we have fully understood that, hey, this was a lesson. You know, we, we've allowed uh, God to teach us something in and through that. And so we didn't rub it in each other's face and, and uh, it, it just works really well that way. It does work very well. So Doug, one last question here before we get towards the end. You know, we see clearly in scripture that as women, we're called to submit to our husbands as to the Lord. So where does the example and encouragement and motivation to submit come from? And what does it look like? Oh, it's always a great way to end, right? To, and we look at the application side yeah, of things. My readers know I love applications, yeah, so thank that's, you. That's good. <laughs> so uh, I guess to uh, our, our dear married sisters, how do you go about submitting to your own husbands? In, in Ephesians 5.22, it says that you are sub- to submit to your own husband as unto the Lord. And now if you would go over into Colossians 3.18, there's, there's a parallel verse there, which also shows the manner in which wives are to submit to their own husbands. Colossians 3.18 says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands, to actually wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. And so here in our Ephesians text, it says, Wives, submit as unto the Lord. And Colossians says, submit as is fitting to the Lord. And now the Apostle Peter, he he also gets into the manner of submission in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. There he says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. And, and so to understand what the, the, the likewise comparison that he is referencing, we need to go back to see what was going on in chapter 2 of 1 Peter. And there we will see that it is in the same way as sheep are submissive to the leadership of the shepherd and overseer, which is obviously there a reference to our Lord Jesus. So Peter is saying that that wives should be submissive to their own husbands in the same way that they would submit to the shepherd Jesus Christ, which is exactly what Paul is saying here in Ephesians, as unto the Lord, and Colossians, as is fitting to the Lord. It's, it's really, it's all the same. The wife is to submit to her husband as unto the Lord. She is to submit to her husband as is fitting to the Lord. She is to submit to her husband as she would submit to the leadership of the shepherd. So so they're all saying that she is to submit in the same manner as she would submit to Jesus Christ. And so now sort of a a sidebar and maybe something for your listeners to ponder. If if you're hearing that and and you're struggling to submit to Jesus, then, then there's probably a very good chance that you're going to struggle to submit to your own husband or, or or probably, quite frankly, anyone else for for that matter. And so we, we should probably mention in the case of Peter's text um, that he goes on to tell wives that they should submit, should, should submit to their husbands even if they are not believers. And I, I think, Marcy, you're going to plan on addressing that a little bit deeper in a segment that you've got coming up to, to give some additional guidance for those who may have an unbelieving husband. So I'm I'm not going to venture down that road. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that next week in the the part two of this series. So uh, that'll be a, a, a good topic, a good subject. But but now I ask the wives. Let's be real for a moment. 
is this hard to do? Is submitting to your own husband, is, is it difficult at times? And of course it is. And so before, before my own wife gives you some practical examples of what this looks like and what it doesn't look like, let, let's look at the perfect model of submission found in our last two verses. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 5 verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, now moving into verse 24, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So how a wife is to submit to her husband is by the same manner and attitude in which the church is to submit to Christ. That's what the text uses as the analogy. That's that's the model. That is the example that is used. So very simply, how a wife is supposed to submit to Christ is how she is supposed to submit to her husband. Now, let's consider a few ways of how the church is to submit to Christ so that you can you can start to get a, a sense of what is being asked of for the wives here in, in this text. So, so first, the church submits willingly to advance Christ's purposes uh, and, and, and causes and, 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 and seeks uh, the advancement of the Lord's kingdom on, on earth. We also know the church submits to Christ by seeking his honor. The, the church submits because it desires Christ to be seen in all of his glory and majesty. The, the bride of Christ, the church submits because it, it delights. The church is thrilled in proclaiming the majesty and the glory and the worth and the splendor and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, so the body, the, the church, submits to its head, Jesus Christ, because it wants to advance his, his cause, his, his purpose. The, the church submits because it finds great joy in proclaiming the honor of Jesus Christ as its head. And so, so now wives, keep keeping those thoughts in mind, let's, let's read verse 24 again. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husband. So, so that means fundamentally wives, you are to follow your husband's spiritual leadership. But it also means that, that you're also to desire him and his purpose in life to be carried through. It, it means that you delight in seeing him prosper in his gifts. And, and speaking firsthand, I, I understand all too well that, that no husband can come close to being like Jesus. We, we are all sinful and he was not. And yet, as the wife, you are being called to say to your husband, I give myself to serve the advancement of the calling in this world, and I delight in seeing you take that calling and glorify God with it. Man, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot, Marcy, but I, I can't tell, I, I can't tell you how many times my, my beautiful bride has left me a note or, or a voicemail or a text message of encouragement. I, I can't tell you how many times she has politely set out our devotional material on the kitchen table as a, as a gentle reminder and encouragement for me to continue on with my role of the spiritual leader in our home. I, I can't tell you how many times she has encouraged me to reach out and to pray with our son. I can't tell you how often she has kept her silence over the 99 times of my failures and only spoke kindness and, cur- and encouragement on the one time of success. I, I cannot tell you how many times she has had to submit to a man who did not deserve her kindness and thoughtfulness and encouragement. But because she loves her Lord Jesus and because she wants him to be glorified and wants to submit to Christ, she humbly and obediently has submitted and placed herself under my authority, even at times when I I clearly did not deserve it. 
And so my, my dear married sisters in Christ, th think of your husband for a moment. And I, I remind you that like you, he is a sinner saved by grace. Yes, he may still have his faults and his weaknesses, but he also has gifts. He, he has a personality. He has a calling in his life. To submit to him means that you will see it as your role and calling and priority to encourage him in his development into the man that God has called and desires him to be. And so, so I just plead with you, dear sisters, let him know that you want to use your time and talents for his good and for the good of your marriage. Because when you do this, you will honor and you will affirm your husband's leadership and it will help him more than you can, you can ever imagine. Genesis 2 makes it very clear that you were created to be a helpmeet to him, to help him to be the man of God that God has called him to be. And because you were designed to be his helper, then he doesn't need you to be a nag or, or a complainer. What, what, what he needs is for you to be his counselor, his, his aid, his encourager, his, his partner. He needs you to be his, his helpmeet. Mm. Oh my Douglas, that just well laid out for us and when you end with that with god calls us to be a helper to our husbands and we talked about in the first podcast in this series that as a helper to you that means and i share this with ladies it's not mean about who's doing the dishes or cleaning or being a helper means that i'm called to pour into you and just that god is referred to as our helper in scripture and the holy spirit is referred to so that is that is a, a title that that comes with not it's not a belittling title it's it's a sweet title the lord has given us and um i'm just really grateful that god's word we can understand it and we can take hold of it we're not we're not stuck thinking negatively about these things we see that when we follow god's way how beautiful things work for us not perfectly not easily mm -hmm. i get that but things go well when we follow god's ways so doug as um, we're kind of closing here right now, can you give us some closing thoughts and encouragements of where does our example and motivation to submit come from then? Oh, good, an easy one. That, that's, that's an easy one, Marcy. It, it comes from the perfect picture of obedient submission of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as the church is to Christ, we, we want the name of Christ to be honored by our, by our actions. The wife then should not be going around uh, publicly criticizing her husband or degrading him or telling everyone about his failures or discouraging him and what he wants to do in this life. Uh, I, I pray that it has been very clear this morning that, that no Christian man should have his wife living in fear of him be because doing that is, is to despise God. But, but listen, it is also true that no Christian woman is to have her husband feeling hopeless and, and beaten down because this too is to despise God. As, as the church delights in God's cause and as the church delights in the honor of Christ's name, so also the wife should delight in seeing her husband fulfilling his calling to be a man of God. And, and so my sisters, one last encouragement. When, when you do submit, do, do it cheerfully. Don't, don't do it reluctantly or unwillingly. Be, be joyful because you want, you, you want to show others what your Christianity means to you in your marriage. This isn't bondage. This, this is not degrading. This is the very heart and, and the demonstration of true Christianity. The, the submitting wife declares before the whole world, I have one master. That's capital M, not, not many. I have one Lord. I am his servant. And for Christ's sake, 
I take up my calling and my role, and I joyfully submit to my own husbands, to the sisters, to, to the wives. Submit in that way to your husband. Uh, you, you gals have a very high and holy calling. Your, your roles are, are so very important in the cause of Christ. This is not for your husband's sake, but this is for Christ's sake. It is, it is to show all who see you what it means that the church submits to Christ, to show what the church thinks and feels about Jesus Christ. It, it is to show all those watching what you think and feel about the one who has given his life in exchange for yours. It is to show this watching world how the gospel of Jesus Christ has forever changed you. Hmm. Well, my Dougie, thank you for your time today and putting this episode together. I just loved being able to sit and chat with you. Actually, I just love listening to you teach. So that's really what I enjoy the most. And I'm thankful that I get to listen to it again now next time with my headphones on. So that's a treat for me. And as I've stated before, ladies, this series has been good for our marriage because when we work through an episode like like this, especially that this one we were working together, it causes us to dive into areas of discussion that we may not have even had if we weren't talking about this topic so in-depthly. So it's just a great reminder to close on that you gave us that submitting to our husbands, Doug, is for the cause of Christ. It's to put on display how our lives and marriages have been changed by the gospel. So I love you, my Douglas, and I am so thankful that I get to do life with you. You are a gift to me. Uh, and thank you, Marcy. I, I certainly don't, I don't want to mislead anybody out there. I mean, you and I, uh, we don't do this perfectly. We have our struggles mm. at times, but I, I can assure those listening, if, if you'd really apply this and that you would exalt and elevate Christ first and foremost in, in everything you're doing in your marriage, that it will get easier and it'll get sweeter and it will get get better. And uh, and we're living proof of that. Uh, I, mm. I love you and I have so enjoyed doing life and I've really enjoyed doing this podcast with you. So thank you. It's a treat for us today. So I want to leave us ladies with some wise words from Charles Spurgeon. It really summarizes to some degree what we talked about today. He says, I have now concentrated all my prayers into one. And that one prayer is this, that I may die to self and live wholly to him. So that my friends is the true essence of following Christ to take up my cross daily and follow him. It's not an option in our lives as believers. We have laid down our lives. We have given up our rights. If we are in Christ, we have been crucified with Christ. The old self is dead. We now live new lives in obedience to him. Jesus is enough always. So thank you, my friends, for listening in today, listening in on this series with us. And as always, the show notes and any resources mentioned will be at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. You can find it under the podcast tab or under the podcast show notes tab. And I do have a category set up for the marriage series in the category list on my sidebar. So that way you can go back easily and listen to the others in the series if you haven't yet and you'd like to do that. And um, as always, I'll put a link to them in the show notes. And please, I'm looking forward to having you join me next week. And I'm going to take this submission series to part two. And I'm going to make it the practical talking about what it is and what it isn't. Um, and I want to thank you always for your reviews. That is such a blessing to me again to read them. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, I would so appreciate if you could take a minute or two and leave a review where you listen to the podcast. So have a blessed week, my dear friends. Mm-hmm.